The views on a breath of fresh air podcast reflects the parties involved. I may encourage you all to use it as a conversational tool, which will lead to personal studies of your own. Hallelujah. 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 Welcome to a Breath of Fresh Air podcast. Here with your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. As a young person, Christianity can be so foggy, like smoke in the mirrors and so unclear. But we're here to bring you a breath of fresh air. The king is about to speak. My people, you know who I am. You know my feet. I have slayed many men and killed many animals. They want us to scatter throughout the land, but Nimrod does not scatter. Come, let us gather bricks and build a city unto ourselves that ascend to the heights of heaven. Send in my chief mason. Yes, King? I heard you summon me. And by the way, that was a really powerful speech you gave. And if it pleases the King, I have an idea. Tell me your idea. So, I know the King wants this elaborate city and this massive tower. I was talking to the brickmaker the other day, and I think instead of using stone for this tower, we should use the bricks. They are ten times stronger, and to keep it together, there's some slime or tar in the plains of Shinar. We can take that, and once it's hardened, trust me, this tower will never be destroyed, King. Hmm. This does please me. This tower will reach the heights of heaven. Yes, most definitely will, my King. Where is my Chief Mason? Status report. Yes, Master. So since we last talked, right now we're about 2,000 cubits high. They're still working. Um, yeah, I just ordered about a million more bricks from the brick, ma- brick maker. We have uh, the first couple stories completed. And so we're moving, we're moving along quite well. I think um, by the time we're done, we should be about 4,000 cubits high. 4,000 cubits high? Do you not understand my vision? I set a tower to reach to the heights of heaven. This is unacceptable. I want double shifts. I want the people working day and night. This is ridiculous. 
I will have your heads on a spike. I do not see this tower. Behold, if as one people, speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. This will happen. You will make this come through, or I will destroy all. Remember, I am Nimrod. I have slayed many. Do not forget who I am. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so that they won't understand each other. Do you understand my orders? Huh? Repeat that, senor. Do you understand my orders? Senor. What is this? Senor. Are you making a mockery of your king? Repeat that, senor. Is this a joke? Why can't we understand each other? My city. My tower. What is happening? What's going on? No! The colors of the rainbow. Seven colors that when seen in the sky represent a promise between God and the inhabitants of the earth. God also told Noah and his children, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. However, they got off to a rocky start. In the plain of Shinar, they wanted a city and a tower, the likes of which the world had never seen. In this episode, we will explore life after the flood and the story of the Tower of Babel. Welcome to another episode of A Breath of Fresh Air. This week, we have our special guest, Daniel. Yep, I'm here. <laughs> and we are taping in front of a live, quote-unquote, studio audience. <laughs> so it's going to be our first one. It's going to be interesting. So if you hear any extra laughter in the background, you know why. And so to kick it off now, we are going to pick up from when we left off last week. So now, just a this is a recap. We know the work, the world, the world, the earth. That's, the earth. See, <laughs> that, that's that's so that's conceited. You know what I'm saying? The no, earth, the earth, the earth. <laughs> All right. So the the world was so corrupt and so evil that God hit a reset button, and He said, "Okay, 120 more years. Will these people have to live? We know Noah preached for 120 years, and then the great flood came, and so now after the how long was it? 190 days on the with the 40 days and 40 nights and 150 days of the ark being on the water. The ark finally came 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 down and settled on Mount Ararat. And now God gave the God, well, not even the children at that point. God gave Noah and his family instructions again. And so one of the first things God did, well, Noah built a, Noah, Noah built the the uh, the altar. the altar made a sacrifice that was pleasing to God. God said, I will never destroy the w- world by the water. But he also said, I knew my, my children's heart are evil now. Mm-hmm. And so then God also gave the sign of a covenant between him and his people. And now we can talk on this, where we're going to pick up from this episode. Yep. So it is a very popular symbol that we see, mm-hmm. especially in today's society. This symbol, it is representative of a lot of different hues and you know, colors, you know, I'm trying not to use the word colors, but it is the rainbow, you know, and I've heard, <laughs> I've heard somebody say that the rainbow has every color, 
but it's just like depending on the lighting and where you are, you're not able to see every color. I don't know how true that is. That's just me. That's just me repeating what I heard people say. But I, I've heard that from the rainbow, every color can be made. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also like with that, I have to, I find myself with, because of what how the rainbow has been used today, I kind of, you know, get a little you know, hesitant a little. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, man, that's not what that means. But I, I also remind myself that, you know what? I know what my, my father made as that symbol and um, what it means. And that gives me peace. That gives me, uh, it makes me resort back to thinking of him and showing him honor because I'm thankful. I don't want to go through a flood. That's a Fox. So Genesis nine verse 13, just for the listeners, um, I'm reading from the King James version. And it reads, I do set my bow in the cloud, bow meaning rainbow, and it shall be taken for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant, my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh and the waters shall no more become a flood to destroy all of the earth. And so just just so that we can have a historical context of the rainbow the rainbow was created by God as, as all of the natural resources and stuff. And when God put this in the sky, he said that every time we see clouds, we will see this rainbow. And it should be a reminder that I will never destroy the earth by a flood ever again. You know, and it's just just the more you know. You understand? It's a historical rep- um, it's a historical and a religious representation that is being seen in the clouds whenever you see a rainbow. And there's like one thing I want to point out too. Like how it says, God said, I will remember. But here's the thing. The remembrance was more so for us as a people than for God. Because God doesn't need to remember anything. God doesn't need... Like you can't teach God something because God already knows everything. Wow. So the memory there is for us. So think about it. Up to that point, it never rained before. Mm-hmm. So now Noah is going to have to... And on this one, is going to have to repopulate the earth. And so now you're going to have to tell them about this story when this great flood happened. And water came from the sky and water came from the, from the ground. So think about it now. Every time you, me living back in that day, I would see the rain clouds gathering again. I'm going to think to myself, oh boy, hmm. is this the time when God, God, mm-hmm. God say, we gonna, he going to restart the earth again. Sure. So it's more so saying, okay, you know what? I don't need you guys to be scared every time you see a rain, like you see, you, you see a rain cloud gathering. So here, here's my covenant with you. I am going to promise you that I will no longer destroy the earth by the flood again. And which is also going to be important too when we even get down to a later story in the Bible. And that's, that's what, it just hit me just now because I never even, I never even really think about the importance of the rainbow. You know, because it's, it's a little cute thing you hear like in in school or whatever when, when your parents teach you about the, um, the flood. God put the rainbow, I'll never destroy this again. But as a human being, as a man, it's some stuff that you go through and it, it 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 affects you like no lie no matter no matter if it was something intentional or not some things hurt somebody could say something they might not mean it but it still hurt it still leave an impact on you and we we got to think about the post flood world now every time they see a cloud a dark cloud this is PTSD the guy who used to cut my hair he's not around anymore the guy who used to who used to make all the fabric and XYZ they're not around the girls i went to school with the girls i used to play with everything are are not there like and this is just me being transparent. I lost a like a pretty close friend of mine last night. Like, and I just thinking about a lot of times 
that we had and it, and it make me sad. But imagine Noah and his family thinking about every single person they've ever seen that was not on the ark. This this is this is sad. You know what I'm saying? So so looking at the sky, the clouds that are giving the 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 earth water and and life and stuff like that. It's a it's a blessing, but it can really just be a traumatic experience every time these people see that. So I feel like it was also loving, and God is such a genius, no lie, that He's saying, "I put this up here, and it's a nice, beautiful, it's a nice, beautiful thing to witness." You see this, and you just get you just get relief, saying, "All right, God, give us a promise, and it's a God who does not break His promises." And so every time I see that, I know I don't have to worry, you know. Mm-hmm. And so like I feel like that's beautiful. Yeah. Anything else? No, I mean I, I agree with all of it. Um, it's it is it is beautiful. It's a be- and like have you ever watched a rainbow? Like when you're just driving and you see the clouds and then you see the rainbow, it truly is a magnificent sight. Especially and when you see like a full one, a full not like not like not like a partial one. When you see a full rainbow, like you're like. Only God. Like, oh, no, seriously. Exactly. Like, That's just what I'm looking at. It's like, you look at that and you're like, how is that? Made? Like, okay, if that's up there in the sky, how come I don't see it all over the place? Why is it just these particles with just the way the sun hit just right mm-hmm. and everything that you see that? So it Man. really does it, it really does make you think of God. Man, there's certain things that you can, like, it's so funny how God gives us certain symbols and human nature perverts them and corrupts their meaning. Yep. Yes. And that goes with multiple things, but it just shows how the enemy knows what God is doing and tries very hard to discredit it and take away its sovereignty. To strike up confusion. Exactly. Um. Imagine, imagine if you were an artist, right? And every single thing you do, somebody remix it. And they and they they just do such a bad job. Tell us like it's a funny like it's a they make such a bad parody of what you do. Like like I'm just thinking about myself as an artist, bro. Like this is this is annoying. Like if anybody if anybody um recreates my work with the intention to discredit me or just to make a mockery of me, I feel like that person is a loser. Number one, you mm-hmm. understand? But it's just you doing me such a big disservice. You feel me? And 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 <clears throat> you know God isn't God isn't a petty God. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I just feel like the devil really, really, really goes hard just to just to be petty and just to just to be stupid. Like just I don't know for lack of better words, like just, <laughs> right. just to be weird, bro. Like, <laughs> and so like one thing you say that I want to bring back. So you like you you painted the picture of the flood being so traumatic. And the reason I want to bring that back, because when we get to we get further down in, in chapter nine, we see that Noah decided to plant a vineyard. And he also decided to, you know, have, have a lot to drink. Enjoy the fruits of his labor. Yeah. I only could, but, I mean, because here's the thing. I only could imagine how traumatic that is. Mm-hmm. Because, like, we were paid, like, we talked about in the flood. This was the, there is no natural disaster that we could experience today that was more catastrophic as the flood. So, you imagine going through that living through that, being on the seas for those 40 days and 40 nights when the waters themselves are 20 feet higher than the tallest mountain. Hmm. So you just imagine the sure chaos you have to go through and then think about everyone you just lost. So now Noah, I guess the man was at his breaking point, honestly. I mean, sometimes just how that hits you, the man lost his family members too and all that good stuff. So now you're saying, okay, I'm a 
he got drunk. But then the Bible says something interesting. He got drunk and he was also naked. Mm. And then one of his sons stumbled upon him. And he, and he, saw, and he, and he saw his father's naked, nakedness. And then he went and told his other two brothers. And so this son was Ham. But then Shem and Japheth, the other two brothers, they, they just said, you know what? Okay, we're going to take a garment and we're going to lay it. And they laid it across their shoulders and they walked in. So, I mean, I almost imagine them saying, we ain't even going to look at daddy right now. We just going to put it across our shoulders, walk backwards, lay it on him and just walk out. We ain't even going to look. Yes. And that's the noble thing to do. And you could kind of, and we speculated that these sons were triplets. It's just our imagination. The, the Bible says Noah was a certain age and he had the three of them. That's why we assume that you, you understand they're triplets. Later on in, in, I think in this chapter, or maybe the next chapter, they talk about who was the oldest, who was the youngest, etc. And I'm a twin. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you guys know that, but oh yeah, you guys met my sister. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, I have had to endure being called the youngest sibling in my household. Although we were technically tied, we measured we measure age by years on this planet. You know what I'm saying? She and I have the same amount of years. You know, but I I am the youngest, etc. So you know, they could still be triplets. Who knows? But it's clear that. Despite them being around the same around the same age, they had different personalities and they did things and they they made different choices, I'd say. One thing I wanted to talk about though before we even get into harm really is Noah we were just talking about Noah building of he he made a vineyard and he started to drink. And I feel like drinking is somewhat of a taboo topic in the Christian church. You understand? I feel like they're is arguments and text in the Bible to support both sides. Mm-hmm. That is a fact. One text that I particularly want to hone into right now is Proverbs 31, verse 6. Reading from the King James Version, it says, Give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish, and wine unto those that be of heavy hearts. You know? And considering the state of the world right now and all that Noah has lost, I feel like it was very fitting for a man to say, I am going to Make a vineyard. <laughs> he may have made it from scratch. I don't know how he did it. I don't know if he went and found like grapes and stuff like that. But he said, "Yeah, bro, I gotta. I really have to free my mind, you know." And it, it just just trying to just just trying to escape your thoughts. Just trying to have a vice. He found himself drunk, super drunk, to the point where he is passed out. Nude. I don't understand the type of night he was having. Seriously, <laughs> why? Like, why are you naked? That's what I don't know why. Why are you naked? Bro? I don't understand that. But I imagine that Ham was thinking the same thing that I'm thinking now. So like, look at an old man. You know, like look at him. Like he's like look at this dude passed out naked, and Ham, you know, he took it upon himself to to make a spectacle out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now I don't subscribe to making fun of people who going through things. Mm-hmm. Not never was I that guy, you know. Like people who have physical disabilities and stuff, that's not funny to me when you make fun of that. Yeah. You could you could come up with a fire joke and it just would not hit for me because it's not funny. You know what I'm saying? That's not that's not humor to me. So like, Tom took this time to make fun and to kind of expose his father while being naked. But what came? 
as a result of that is what I'm trying to understand the gravity of it in its entirety. Ha made fun of his father. I am not from this time. I am not from this culture at all. But I'm trying to wonder, why do you guys think Noah went so hard when he came back to his consciousness? Um, like, or why did he go on to cursing the seed of Ham, etc.? You know? So, yeah. like, can Noah not take a joke or, like, what? You know? Um, my thoughts on the topic, which um, I, I, I had a father who, who drank. And and um would get into those stupors. Um, and I can tell you, and I've dealt with those situations. And, you know, one of the commandments that we all know is like honor thy father and thy mother. Mm-hmm. And that in those situations, like, you know, maybe it was the first time Noah got drunk like this or whatever, but when you see someone you care about like that, you know, immediately, you know, when I was by my, with my father, it's like I need to help. Mm. I need to. And if you read what it's saying, you know, if we go, you know, line by line, you know, precept upon precept, um, it says right here, Noah, a farmer, was the first to plant a vineyard. He drank from its wine, got drunk, and passed out naked Mm. in his tent. Mm -hmm. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw that his father was naked and told his two brothers who were outside the tent. So right there, you know, when he saw his father, for me being a son in that situation, my whole heart and my whole being is going to, I need to help my father. I need to do, but when you see what Ham did, he immediately turns or he sees all of that. He sees his father down there. And instead of, you know, we can't really speak for what's going on, but instead of offering like, cover him up, making sure he's okay. Like, nothing else matters. I need to make sure my father is good. Mm-hmm. You know, instead he went back to go spread the word, to go gossip, mm-hmm. to kind of expose this fact. Maybe he didn't know what to do, but I look at it as with a loving heart and 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 going through a similar experiences, it's like, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not thinking about running to tell somebody I, I want to help. And I think, the heart is what's important because God always talks about what's in the heart. Because remember, he just destroyed the world from wickedness that was in their hearts. Mm-hmm. And he tells us about honoring our father and our mother. And what I see happening with his actions is in his heart, it it doesn't seem maybe it was concerned, but it wasn't the right thing. Like, help your father. And, and so when you see what the brothers did, they come in there with their backs turned and they cover him up. They're coming to provide care. They're coming to provide some sort of covering for their father's nakedness. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not what what um, Ham Ham did. And to me, I think that that kind of exposes the nature because when someone's hurt or when someone's in that situation, where's your heart at? Mm-hmm. And what were your actions? And when we read the word and we read what God has done and how he deals with people, he's always talking about the heart and it could be something small to us where we're like, but dang, all of that. But that's so important because a person's heart basically gives you the whole alignment of who they with the whole time. It can be this small detail that they do, but later on, because it's wickedness, it doesn't amount to some huge pile of some wickedness act that has happened. Mm -hmm. And you know, dang, we didn't know all of this was going to happen, but 
the heart is so important. And I felt like when he saw his father, you know, instead of his heart breaking about, let me help my father, let me do what I can, it got turned into this big spectacle, as you said, like, hey, pops in here naked on the floor, y'all. You know what I'm saying? That must be some good stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And immediately the brothers are like, they walk in there backwards and cover their father up. And I also think it also adds on that when when Noah wakes up, because remember, Noah got instructions from God. Noah got to experience that wicked world and see what it was like. And Honor and righteousness and walking with God and being in community was so important. They they knew God. They 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 got to talk with him. So when he hears what happened, it's like in your heart, this is what you do. <laughs> like, you know, your father, you know, we honor God. And, and as that line passes on, I'm your father, you should honor me. You you made a mockery. What if I was to make a mockery of God that mm. way? What if I was to do, what if I was to do disrespect the most high in whatever fashion, whether you think it's big or small, but I disrespect my creator that way? Because technically Noah is his creator. Mm-hmm. So it's the heart. It, 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 there was so much at stake about your action back then. And I believe he exposed and instead of showing love and care and honor and respect for his father, he turned his back. And, and ran and, and wanted to expose that, wanted to sh- show the downfall in Noah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like what we just came through, you know, just how we were saying with the rainbow and the PTSD, that's why I had to get this dream. What we just went through, mm-hmm. you know, here I am, church, take my moment, you my son, who I'm supposed to feel like, hey, he gonna honor, respect me, he got love for me, I shouldn't have to worry about anything coming from my son like this, and this is what you do. So I do think that, it did trump up to be a very grave. I could see why Noah was upset, especially after everything they all went through. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my take on it. Um, but again, you know, people can see it from different angles. You, know? <laughs> you was cooking just now, bro. Yeah. I wouldn't even lie to you, bro. Yeah, man, that was good. That was real good. That was real good. Um, honestly, I think he said it all. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's one other thing I want to say, too. I mean, taking from a different angle, it's like, we just saw a couple previous, like couple verses ago, where God said, "Every inclination of, of these people from childhood will be evil." And I think I some like I even wonder if like Noah woke up and he was like, "Bro, is this is this really what you're gonna do?" Hmm. And it's it's just it's just so interesting the parallel that we see with our first fathers. We saw Adam found finding himself in a place where he was naked and ashamed, and Noah finding himself in a place where he's naked and ashamed, like. It's so funny how the world still repeats itself. Like, the world is still new at this point, relatively new. And mm-hmm. again, we see ourselves saying there's nothing new under the sun. Hmm. Our first forefathers are both finding themselves in the same predicament, in a same similar predicament. And what's also interesting, too, is like right after this point, right after they find themselves in this naked and ashamed phase, there were curses handed out. Mm-hmm. Like, Noah wakes up and he's saying, Cursed be your son, Ham, can't it? Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to be subjected to serve Shem. Yeah, because Abram came from Shem. Shem, for the rest of like your days. And it's it's something that's like also like strikes me too. And it's like in God's infinite wisdom, almost like how the devil tricked Eve and said you will not surely die, even though we all know the wages of sin is death. It's how the judgments of our actions are executed slowly. Like in Ecclesiastes 8, 11, 
I'm going to read from the King James Version, right? But it says, because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of man is fully set to do them, to do, set in them to do evil. And even like, and then it goes to say, though a sinner do an evil, do a, do a hundred, do evil a hundred times, his days be prolonged. Yet surely I know that it shall be when, shall be well they, them that fear God, which fare before him. But like it also, like it goes to show that because humans do evil and there's not a, an immediate response to their evilness, they even get more set in their ways to continue doing evil. And as we go through this journey in the Bible, we're going to see many examples of humans doing evil, having a chance to repent, but they don't really see some actions of it. And then we also see times where we see many actions of many actions of their like not listening to God, but they still continue doing doing these things. And it's also for me because we know sin is a virus that corrupts us. And it, it degrades us, it, it defiles our ways of thinking, it gives, us, it gives us up to deprive hearts. But it's also God's way of showing that saying, hey, I created a perfect world. Your actions caused this virus to enter the humanity. But I also need, it, need you guys to fully see the actions of this sin. Because I'm going to come again and rescue you guys, but you guys need to see what is the result of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... Yeah, ultimately, like, and I agree with one of the points that you made, though, is that to me, it was something kind of menial. And that's just because this probably was one of the first times someone was ever drunk or ever in this manner. And I've seen people drunk all the time. You see it. We see it all the time. You see it on TV. You just go out on a Saturday night. You're you coming up to the ice cream spot. You see the bar. You see drunk people or whatever. But um, because it was so new... The way Ham reacted, it could have seriously been a result of who he was as a person, mm. you know. And in, in a lot of cases in the Bible, the Bible doesn't give you the whole biography of somebody, you <laughs> feel me? Especially, especially during this time, we have a few characters who is only they only mention for like a verse or two, you know. We don't know much about Ham besides what he did. You know, and besides that, he, that he was one of Noah's son. So seriously, this could have been Noah's breaking point to the point where he's like, "All right, bro." Like you've been doing stuff like this ever since you was ever since you was young, you know. <laughs> you, you're the only problem child. You're the only problem child. And now, and this could have been the straw that broke the camel's back for for Noah. Yeah. So probably he said, "Yeah, bro. Yeah, this this cemented. Now you going too far." So yeah, I definitely I definitely get that. Um, and to add on to a point that you had made, Earl, um, that it just hit me too. It was like Adam and Eve. We find we find Adam naked and afraid. We find Noah naked and afraid. And and what happened when God came to look for Adam? Like, you know, Adam and Eve, they hid. Now, like you can't hide from God, you know it is, but you know, they 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 realize they naked, so they run and hide. And when God approaches them, you know, they have a little dialogue. And what did he do? He covered them. Mm-hmm. And then we go back to the same scenario with Noah. When Ham did what he did, what did the two sons do? They he covered, covered him. Yep. You know, it was like, you know, it, it, you feel this way or this action is occurring to you. I'm going to cover you. And that's what they did. You know, it's almost like it's like it's like a cycle. It's like redone. And, and Ham probably had the opportunity to cover his father, mm-hmm. but he didn't. Nope. Try to expose him. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is Ham literally did have the opportunity to cover his father because he was the first one the to first. see him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was the first one to see him. And he, he 
even if he saw him naked, he could have still covered him and not run and, and tell his and brothers. Mm-hmm. So it was like a double fold thing. Like he saw him naked, made fun of him, wanted to get his brothers in on the action. <laughs> yeah, you know sure. what you think? You know he got a good joke, but no one bite. <laughs> that, that's exactly what Han went through. Yeah. He's like, yo, 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 come check out that. He's like, Nah, bro, you tripping, bro. <laughs> He's a bad comedian. I'm telling you, like, how you didn't have the the, the knowledge to know that your brothers wasn't gonna go for this, bro. Right. <laughs> <laughs> how you completely miss miss that? You feel me? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's that's how. I'm. Yeah. <laughs> that's how, I'm, man. All right. So now the Bible goes into one of its genealogies yeah. again. Yeah. Our favorite part. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> our favorite part. And so, I mean, no, the listeners out there don't have anything created for this genealogy. I was about to ask. I was about to What you about to do for this one? (laughs) I have nothing created for this genealogy right here. But this one, I wouldn't say it's more interesting, but it's it's, it's interesting. Because, okay, from the the one in the previous chapter when we went from Adam to Seth, Mm -hmm. and, and we follow Cain's lineage as well, we saw how God spoke the prophecy on the, the comfort of the coming Messiah through from, from Adam to Seth. But now in this one, we're seeing how ultimately the rest of the world, as we know it today, is going to get pop, is going to get populated. Mm-hmm. And so we have the, the lineage through Japheth, through Ham, and through, and through Shem. I'm not going to read all of these, <laughs> no. but it's one thing, I, like, it's, it's certain things I, I also want to point out now, because... We read this in the Bible, and again, I'm going to say this, like a lot of people just read the Bible and they brush over things like this. Mm-hmm. They just they just eat it up and just spit it out, and they're just trying to go through an action. Yeah, okay, I read Genesis chapter 10, Table of Nations, bada boom, bada bing, I'm done. But now when you actually dig into this, because we, we, we have to realize this is a book of history. Mm-hmm. So just in Genesis 10 too, the sons of Japheth, Goma, Magog, Madai, Javan, Tubal, Meshach, and Tyrus. I may have butchered some of them. <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> but, so, like, the Magog guy is interesting. Mm. Because if you were to go in the Irish royal libraries right now and archives right now, you will see how the Irish people trace the genealogy back to this same Magog character found here in Genesis 10-2. Mm. And, so and so you might ask yourselves, okay, how is this possible? No, because the Bible is an historical fact. These are things, these are not just stories on a cartoon that we watched growing up. These are not just stories in, in, in Sunday school, Sabbath school, uh, where, wherever you heard about the Bible from your teachers. No, this is, these are actual events that happened in human history. And, some, and, and we get so caught up as just fictionalizing, fictionalizing some of these characters that I think we really lose the significance of a lot of what's happening in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Because this is God talking to his people, and, these are, and, and, and ultimately it's God's instructions for us as well. To add on top of that, um, yes, I was, you know, when I first started, I would skip over these uh, portions very quickly. (laughs) But but I also learned going back, like, there's a reason that it's in here. And also, it's helping you establish, like, these names of these children, these became nations. And Mm. many times today, if you do research and you go through history, you find out that these names and these nations and these people like some people got wiped out some people went to certain areas the bible lays it out that you can almost look on a map today and be like wow these are descendants of these people Mm -hmm. and and it really helps also as we go further along in scripture to help identify when certain nations are being talked about like who went to war with who 
uh, what region went to war with what region, and they use these names. A lot of it is all tied back to these genealogies and these these children that came, you know, right after the flood. And it also goes a lot of well-known people today and and civilizations today trace themselves back to some of these names, especially people who didn't have to go through slavery. I feel like it's not that difficult to trace yourself back to these people. Mm-hmm. And this goes to my point that it is absurd that people think that the Bible, not the Bible, that the earth is millions of years old. Mm. Bro, because we, oh my God, like we could, we could trace from Adam <laughs> straight to Noah. You understand? Mm-hmm. We go for, we could go, for, we could go from Noah straight to David. Mm-hmm. You feel me? We know, I mean, yeah, keep going. Keep we going. know Jesus came from the line of David. You understand? And then from from Jesus, we know the earth is only we've only been around two thousand two thousand and twenty years since Jesus. You Got understand? It, like right, like right, last right. last last time they say two hundred. Two hundred. Great granddad. I miss I miss the zero. Like, <laughs> but like seriously, we we not even we not even at ten thousand. The earth is not even ten thousand years old. Mm-hmm. You understand? On top of that, and that's why I'm a I'm a I'm a person that throw like read, get as much knowledge, research. You know what do we take for today that gives us these millions of years and and all of this stuff? What do they use to date these artifacts and these stones? Mm-hmm. They use carbon dating. Mm-hmm. But if you research carbon dating, it is not it is not something that they can reproduce every single time it is not something that gives you the constant date of how something is like you can test it this one moment test it another moment and come up with a totally different yeah. time frame and there's so much flaws with carbon dating too because stuff like, scientists <laughs> because it's like stuff like diamonds right but theoretically shouldn't have any well they shouldn't even be they should be hard to carbon date because they're supposed to be millions of years old, and this would be under the earth. So they should never, realistically, since they were under earth, they should never even be able to be exposed to the carbon in the atmosphere. But you can still carbon test a, a diamond. Mm-hmm. So just by the the same natural laws of science that they're using to date this object, this object shouldn't even be able to be dated. Perfect. It's it, it, it's flawed. The method to use, which is then therefore used to pump out the information, as to give you, hey, these dinosaur bones are millions of years old, and and we found this tooth at the bottom of the ocean, is, and they're using this carbon dating. Carbon dating is a flawed system. So, how, how long have we been? Here? I just, hold on, bro. I, I saw this 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 um, article, right? They found this mummy who was like a, a million years old. I'm like, bro, chill out. He's like a thousand years old. Bro. Like, relax. That's why his body was preserved. Like, like, like he's not that old. Like, relax. Because <laughs> they were so amazed. Like, oh, this mummy is from millions ago. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's pretty recent. You know? I mean, it just goes to show, too, one, how the devil really tries to corrupt people's mind, but also how we can't lean on our own understanding. Facts. Because what I say, what I feel humans try to do. They try to take something that they can't explain and they try to give it an explanation that they feel justified with. And we see this flaw, even we're going to get into in the Bible, that's just, it's a massive flaw that just damns humankind. Because, example, creation. We know how the world was created. We knew God created it in six days and rested on the seventh day. Scientists, a lot of people can't rationalize their mind that there is a God that spoke the world into existence. Hmm. So they say, you know what? You know what makes more sense to us? We're going to say the world just came from a big bang. The evidence of the big bang? 
we can't we can't prove it we can't trace it we, we don't even know what ha- what made it happen but we feel comfortable having faith in that versus having faith in god which uh, on top of that is another thing that blows my mind because you know people that say you know i do have you know the big bang is where it happened how can you believe in something like that of god or whatever well you're using faith right there right there we use faith all the time i myself have never broke down the molecules of air in the room that I am breathing. Have you, have you ever split an atom before? Dude, I've never <laughs> split an atom before. But therefore, I, I, I think I made some atoms. You know, same thing. I'm breathing in oxygen. I ain't never break it down so I can see it for myself. But, you know, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm breathing right now some oxygen. Exactly. You know, but I've never seen it, never tested it for myself. But we just take that, oh, that's a fact. But, but no, man, we, we practice faith every day on simple things that we just take for granted. But mm-hmm. it's like... You know, you were saying the concept of God that he used his word to create something. That's just too much for me. I can't really take that in. And it all boils down to fear. Mm-hmm. Um, what you don't know, a lot of the flaw with people and everything is, you know, it, it, I'm afraid now. I don't know what to expect. I can't prepare. But that's the beauty of who God was. And everything's like, don't worry about all that. I already got you. I already mm-hmm. got everything. Just, just listen. Hey, follow what I'm trying to do for you and everything. Just, hey, follow the most high. Don't get involved in all that stuff. You're going to be all right. But that's difficult for a lot of people to consume and to accept. They need to take power within their own hands. Exactly, because a lot of people have a lot of pride. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people want to be their own gods, bro. Like, seriously, like, that's why, that's why, especially in our culture, it's such a a noble thing to be self-made. You understand? Mm -hmm. But everybody needs help for sure, you know. But but you wear being self-made as a as a badge of honor because you know I am sufficient all by myself. I don't need to outsource, etc. And that's not that's not God's intention for us at all. See, God is a God is a being that knows it all. And let's say last year, if we were able to have a conversation with God and say, "Hey, God, twenty twenty, you know, clear vision, twenty twenty vision. What you got? What you got in store for me?" Right. God, 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 say, oh, I'm, uh, <laughs> since you asked, since you asked, uh, do, really do you really want to know, do you really want to know, I mean, yeah, yeah, God, I know it's going to be big, last year I had a big year, and, oh, I know it's going to be this bigger, you know what I'm saying, you're right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to believe this one, for sure, right, but if he seriously tells you, about the pandemic, staying yeah. inside, having to change the way we interact with people, the the protests and all of these stuff going on, mm-hmm. like it would be mind blowing to us. Mm-hmm. I don't th- I don't think there is this is Nikaz. I don't think there is anybody in the world who could have predicted this year to be like this. Mm-hmm. No, you understand? Like Not anybody even like, when the year started, exactly, like, bro. Not like, even in February. That's what I'm saying. In February, bro. It's like it's like. Anyway, I'm not even gonna get it. You were laughing. Yeah, yeah. Let me learn, let me learn to play. So, with that being said, we could we could make projections on our own lives, but it's based on a finite amount of wisdom. Yes. We serve a God with an infinite amount of wisdom. He knows the beginning and the end. He does not exist in time. You feel me? So it is like if you had to think, 
who you think would be best fitting for the, to plan your future? The person who knows the beginning from the end or the person who doesn't know what tomorrow will bring? Exactly. You understand? Yeah. None of us knew what 2020 was going to bring, but we still want to plan, etc. Mm -hmm. But it's like God's, God's plan is saying, rely on me. Yeah. I'll tell you how to go. Everybody in the Bible who went on to do big things had to be fully reliant on God. Mm -hmm. You understand? And not to, to have that type of faith. And I, and I feel like scientists, because because what they do is so, is so dependent on proving stuff, mm -hmm. Like it's like faith is a very uncomfortable situation for yes. them, especially acknowledging it because, like you say, believing in certain theories takes faith. Yes. Where, you know, but yeah. that's 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 when they throw the red, the red, the, the white flag. Mm -hmm. I've already I've already expanded my research to the to the marks, and so I just have to I just have to be I just have to be okay with okay. It had to be a big bang or something, but they don't want to acknowledge that that's faith. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's the issue with a lot of human beings. Like they don't want to have faith and they don't want to be submissive yes. to God. All right, so bring it back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> really good point. But to bring it back now, so one thing, there's two more things I want to point out from chapter 10, and then we can discuss some of these things too. But to go back, like how Daniel was saying, like we can see how these, these, these children from these different lineages went on to do different stuff and great stuff. Like in verse 4, we can see how there were maritime people spread out. And... Then in verse 8, we get told of Cush, the father of Nimrod. And Nimrod, who grew to become a mighty warrior on earth, he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. This is why it said, like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord. And then, so, and, and this is in the line of Ham. And we already kind of talked about how Ham was and how he had this massive iniquity in his heart, too, you, you can say. And so, and it's some interesting, some of the cities that came out of this, this lineage, Babylon. And we all know what Babylon's associated with. Mm -hmm. You have Nineveh. We know how they were enemies to the Israelites from the story of Jonah. You have Assyria. You have uh, the Amorites, the Hivites, the Samarites. And like some of these, and you go further on the Bible, and, and you even see the Philistines come and came from this line. So you can see like these were like the enemies <sighs> of the children of Shem. Who were also good, who, who were also the Israelites, mm -hmm. and so you can see how this line was almost echoing to the line of Cain, mm -hmm. like they, direct enemies of the children of God, exactly. Yeah. So that's one thing I want to point out. Uh, I don't know if you guys want to discuss Nimrod, but you hear how Nimrod was a great and mighty warrior, and it's interesting how he said he set up his center, his his kingdom in the land of Babylon in in Shinar. And I wanted, I wanted to point that out too. And there's another thing I want to point out that you see at the end of each of these verses that, well, as, as we get to the end of these, each line, lineage says, from these, they were spread out by their territories and with their nations and each with its own language. But here's the thing. Up to this point, up until like uh, after, the, after the flood, there was only one language. There was only one, one well, nation, but there's only one language. And so this is like almost an example of the Bible. We see the Bible doing this several times when the Bible would tell you something's going to, like something happened, and then the Bible tells you how it happened. Like the first example we saw about this was in creation. Mm -hmm. uh, God said, yeah, I created humans on the sixth day. But then we see in chapter two, God said, okay, yeah, I formed from the dust of the earth a man. I put him to sleep, took out his rib, formed out of the dust of the earth a woman. But we already knew that humans were formed on the sixth day from, from, from chapter one of the Bible. But then in chapter two, we found out exactly how we did it. So now in, in chapter 10, we see all of these cities, all of these 
uh, nations, all of these places getting spread around the earth with their own, by their clans and their languages and their territories and their nation. But in chapter 11, we're going to find out exactly why and exactly how this came about. Yep. Yeah, so just like you mentioned, <clears throat> sometimes the Bible kind of jumps the gun and it, it just it helps you to understand the timeline before going into detail on how this these things happen within the timeline. So, yeah, that makes sense. Because even in verse 11, in chapter 11, it starts off saying, though, and it's kind of contradictory if you didn't really put these two together, because it says the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And this is one of the most pivotal, the most important things in this story, which is called the Tower of Babel, the story of the Tower of Babel. And it came to pass as they journeyed from from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one unto the other, go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. For, for mortar. I, found, I found that to be pretty interesting because it's a misconception that the people of old um, were not as smart as we are today. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I don't know, man. I feel like I'm a very intelligent guy. If I, if I, I don't know, I might be a little biased, but if I had to define myself, but I don't think. I was talking. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like, I don't think I'd know. If, you, if, you, if I had to build, if I had to make brick, mm-hmm. I wouldn't know where to start. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would have to revert to my forefathers who, who I wouldn't want to reinvent the wheel in a sense, you know? But these guys, you know, they, they just took their natural resources. Let's, let's, let's build these brick thoroughly because they were very, they had, they had plans for this brick. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we needed a sturdy brick. It's not an average house, you know? And so, yeah, yeah. And, and, they, and they took, I guess what they call slime, I guess, I don't know, it's probably another word for cement, you know, and they used that for building. And I don't think that's something that a Neanderthal could do. When you think about the, the early civilization, these people were struggling to make a wheel, to make a circle. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. But they got bricks, but, you know? And so, and, and like, again, you know, when you break that down and read that small verse, um, I'm going to go with three. It says, they said to one another, come, let's make bricks. So we got bricks. Mm-hmm. They're going to, and fire them well. So now they got fire and bricks. Mm-hmm. They use brick for stone. So they're going to use the brick to make stone and tar for mortar. Mm-hmm. Mortar is used to help stick with the stones. So you got a whole scientific breakdown right here. They're going to tell you how they're going to make it with the fire. They know that, hey, even if we made this big block, it got to stick to something. So we got to make this other materials. This is chemistry all going on in here. And then on top of that, the whole plan of what they was going to build was going to be something magnificent. So they got, they they know structure. They know uh, uh, the type of length and, and, and width. And Architecture. All of this stuff. And these supposed, they're supposed to be some cavemen. Yeah, they're supposed yeah, to be living sure. in a the cave. They're supposed right. to be struggling to make fire. Right. Like, <laughs> they're supposed to be sitting up there in the circle trying to figure out how to make fire, man. How are we going to do this? How are we going to? And like, it's one thing just to point out too, because, and just to, just to reinforce your points. Like the Bible says, they say we're going to use this brick in place of stone. So now think about it. I mean, me before I talk engineering or whatever, stone was hard, brick was hard too. Mm-hmm. So these people already knew that this brick was going to be stronger than the stone that was already naturally formed on the earth. Mm-hmm. So let's think about that. Like they already had material testing analyses to mm-hmm. even determine this ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And so think of like this ain't no... 
Neanderthal, no pre-ape person who can do this, trying to struggle with fire. Because think of, I mean, because we knew what it takes to make a brick in today's era with a furnace and everything. So that means they had all this technology already. They already knew the heat it would take to make a brick because it's different levels of heat. Exactly. And they knew all of this way back then. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you get it from just that small little brick, and that's why you got to break it down. I mean, um, my beautiful wife, she happens to be a, 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 a civil engineer. Shout out. Hey, right? hey, you, know? Hey. And, you know, the work that she does is she explains to me, oh, sometimes, you know, you have to understand the gradient of this dirt over here. And I'm looking at her like, why the dirt matter? But you know what? <laughs> That's exactly like, so, and you know what, to this day, what they were doing and what they broke down is what we pay civil engineers hundreds of thousands of dollars to do today. Shout out to the civil engineers. Shout out to the civil engineers. Shout out to the civil engineers. You know what I'm saying? You know, and, and there's been plenty of others, you know. Um, but <laughs> there are that, a few other civil engineers that, <laughs> that are friends of the shows. You know what I'm saying? We know them. So good. But again, that's what, and I feel like, you know, it's those type of things that you can easily miss. Like what these people are saying they're going to do and actually. And just that statement alone, I mean, you got chemistry going on. You got you got analysis of the ground, the exactly. dirt, um, all of this stuff, which is kind of the engineers of our society today. Mm -hmm. So knowing and, that, and the that tar. verse is almost like you got something like that going on. So it, again, it lets you know. I, I don't think that the whole caveman story is really adding up. Mm -hmm. And and it goes to your point that we made off mic about how people look at the Bible and they assume there's some type of fairy fairy world. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it's very important as people try on the quest for truth, as people on the quest for truth, it's very important that we personalize the people in the Bible yeah. and we put, we put everybody in our shoes. You know, we think about it as if this was today because these human beings at the end of the day, <clears throat> and they weren't uh, human beings that were deprived of knowledge or that were inferior in mindset. Like, that's mm -hmm. that's such a misconception. You have to think... I think about the Bible as if it was just me and my friends and stuff like that, Man. you know? And even, like, to go back to somewhat, like, all of our points right now, just to even prove how smart the ancient civilizations were, there are many monuments around the world that humans today cannot replicate. Angkor Wat, the Great Pyramids in Egypt. You have uh, the ancient civilization, Stonehenge in, Stonehenge. in, in, in England. <laughs> They don't know how they lift those big rocks there. And these things are massive. So I'm like, just think about this. So that these are ancient people, people who lived way long ago, who did these monuments on Earth. And to this day, with our modern technology, we can't replicate that. Hmm. Side note, we we got some stone hinges right here in the United States. People don't even know about. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Yes. <laughs> You're saying we got structures here. They don't really get talked about, but we got structures here similar to Stonehenge that they, well, once again, don't know how they got these rocks here, don't know how they move, don't know what they stand for. Some of them got ancient writings on there. We don't know what they mean, don't know what they say. It's all over the place. I, I wanna, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get back to that point, too, that same writings point, too, when, when, we, like, when we land this story, too. Just remind me if I forget. Got you. But... <clears throat> So yeah, back to the point. So they were making bricks for something, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> and they needed some sturdy bricks. Yeah, all right. Some so real sturdy so bricks. So I am about to paraphrase <laughs> how it went down, how I perceived the Tower of Babel, right? So you have a bunch of people now who heard the stories of the Great Flood, you know, and you can see the effects of the of how the world used to be. You can see the effects of how the flood shaped the world, etc. And these are people who 
we're not allies of God in a sense. Like even even Nimrod of the um the descendant of Ham, you know, he was the I guess he was like the leader of of Babel during the time. And the people in this <clears throat> the people in this town saying we're gonna put we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make a city. And in this city, the, the, the most pivotal part of the city is going to be a tower. And we are going to make this tower not because it's pretty, but we're going to make this as a defense mechanism against God. So right there is where you could already see where the, the, the people of the world are getting very brazen against God already. They saying, we know God have the power to destroy the world, but you know what we're going to do? Because we're not Neanderthals and because we're actually smart, we're going to make we're going to combat that by building a tower so high mm-hmm. that you will not be able to destroy us with a flood. And so let's think about these bricks, these very sturdy bricks, mm-hmm. right? Mount Everest is how much? Like 20, 21,000, 21,000, 26,000 feet. 26, feet, right? Tall. <laughs> <laughs> imagine, imagine if we were building a tower as tall as Mount Everest. How are you going to get any one brick? All the way up there, mm-hmm. you understand? Like yeah. I feel, I feel like I feel like it's it's um it's underrated the the resources that these people would have had, you know. Mm-hmm. So they all came together and they say, "Man, let's get this into motion." Yep. And they start doing it. And they start doing. It, and they start doing it. And God had to say, "You about to say something?" Else? I'll keep going. I'm gonna talk after you, bro. Yeah, and girl, and God had to say, "Wait, hold on, hold on." Hold on, what's going on now? You know what I'm saying? Like the Godhead, they look like. Hold on, wait, wait. You see them? That's kind of big. Yeah, that's kind of big. Well, they are, they pulling this off. Close to the front door. They getting close again. <laughs> hey, I can hear them louder now. Like, <laughs> oh no! Oh no! So, so God say, they got me. They got me on a technicality. I can't destroy the world anymore by water. You know what? And I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna stoop to that level because that's what they want. They want me to. Yeah. So, because think about it. If he doesn't destroy it by water, the tower will be useless at this point. <laughs> <laughs> He said, that's what they want. I'm not going to stoop to that level. I'm about to remix everything they got going on, all right? So, I, so everybody was of one language. I'm about to give them a whole, a whole bunch of different languages. And it's going to take them a minute to even catch on to what's going on. You feel me? I'm going to let Earl see, get his point out, though. Come on, you was on the roll. I'm not going to talk no more. All right, so there's a couple of things I just want to, like, iron out. And I'm going to get to my actual points in a bit. So, growing up. This is related to the people out there. Growing up, I had this image in my head of the Leaning Tower of Pisa just going straight up into the heavens. Mm. I want you to take it out your mind. Because <laughs> that's, that's a really in, incorrect representation of, of what the Tower of Babel really was. Mm-hmm. So back in those days, a tower in this sense would be a ziggurat. And so the closest thing to a ziggurat that we have in today's age is like, just think of the Great, the great Pyramids and the Steps Pyramids. So this was a massive... So that's what I really want to show, like, really want people to understand why the big bricks were so important and why just the sheer size of the structure would have been so impressive. Because think about it. What these people said is, come, let us make a name for ourselves. Mm-hmm. That, in its sense, means they, they want to do something so miraculous, so, so, with so much splendor and so much poise, that it is going to be the talk of the whole world. That was their... Like, that was their objective. So this was going to be a big, massive pyramid reaching up into the heavens. And then second, people try to understand, like, people, like, wonder, like, what was so bad about doing that? We have to remember what God told Noah. Be fruitful, 
multiply and fill the earth. So now these people said, okay, we are going to build, we're going to build ourselves a city right here. So we don't have to like, 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 what did they say right there? So mm-hmm. we uh, build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches the heavens that we make for ourselves and do not scatter mm-hmm. over the face of the whole earth. Mm-hmm. So this was a city of rebellion. This city <laughs> yep. was in a direct opposition to God's law. Because mm-hmm. the purpose of this city was saying, okay, we are going to find, we're going to essentially, you know, I understand it. God said, God said, spread and fill the earth. They were like, why Ooh, do we no. have to fill the earth? <laughs> we can make this the headquarters of the earth because everyone is still right in this whole valley. Valley, Because go remember, they were still having children and stuff after the, after the time of the flood, but the earth was slow. They were slowly drifting towards the east. So Mount Ararat was to the west. I mean, we get a picture of a map will make more sense. I can't really draw your picture of a map for you right there. So you, get, you, you look at Mount Ararat and just start going down to east. You will see where the, where the plain of Shinar is between the Tigris and Euphrates rivers right there in the Middle East. You can look for it for yourself in the map. Like Shinar is still a place that they, can, they have identified. They just got destroyed the towers, kind of. So this city was a, a rebellious city. This was like men essentially saying, we're going to set up our own government. We are going to govern ourselves. We're going to disregard God's law. We are going to forget God. We're going to not honor him. And that's why God took notice of what these people were doing. Because it wasn't just nothing innocent. This was a purposeful rebellion against God, what they were doing. And that's why it was so atrocious. I got I, it, it, It's something in these words, too, that, that always strike me. And this is why I, I love breaking it down. Because, all right, so the first thing that I, I love about this is they said, they said, come, let's build ourselves a city and tower that reaches heaven. Okay, so heaven. Um... Heaven is is more than just the sky. Heaven, uh, there, there's, you know, heaven is God's domain. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I and I, I was, we was talking about this earlier. You know, if I decided to build a tower to heaven myself, I don't think anything would happen other than the fact that I would fail. I wouldn't be able to get it to heaven. Mm-hmm. But God sees this, and and this is what uh, this is what God says. God came down to look over the city and the tower those people had built. God took one look and said, one people, one language. Why, this is only a first step. No telling what they'll come up with. So he's looking at this and he's saying, like, this is only the beginning. They're going to achieve what they set out to do. Another thing that also blows my mind here is if you go a little further... It says, no telling what they'll come up with. They'll stop at nothing. Now listen to this. He says, come, we'll go down and garble their speech so they won't understand each other. Well, who is he talking to? Plural, right? Because he, he said, said, we. come, yeah. we'll go down. God <laughs> yeah. didn't come down by himself. Right. So, you know, now, I know yeah, we know there's angels and everything and all this stuff, but it lets you know, like, you know, he didn't just do it on his own. There was other beings or other entities Um, there was some stuff going on here pretty much is what i want to point out and and keep in the mindset of pay attention to the words that are used and and who's talking Uh, what's interesting in the book of genesis Mm -hmm. is multiple times we only in chapter 11 it's multiple times that god referred to themselves as we you know what i'm saying Uh, not i so so instantly i automatically i know that 
or I make the assumption that the Holy Spirit and Jesus coming too. You understand? Mm. So this God, the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, or maybe at least two out of three. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Because yeah, so, it's plural. It's plural. <laughs> yeah. He said, let's go. Like We all ain't riding right now, but I'm trying to Holy Spirit coming to ride. <laughs> exactly. Um, another thing, <clears throat> another thing though is, like what you were saying, if you make the tower, baby, you know that you're going to fail, right? Yeah. Let's say you don't fail, right? No, let's say you were back then and it wasn't, and they weren't as advanced as we are in technology, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine Earl and I live on the third floor. We have to walk up two flights of stairs to get to our point, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine how many flights of stairs it would take to get to heaven. You know what I'm saying? Right. How possible is it for somebody to climb all of those stairs mm-hmm. to get to heaven? So, like, instantly I would think that God wouldn't be worried about that because nobody's going to walk out. You, you have to climb up Mount Everest plus more mm-hmm. just to get there. Nobody's going to do that. You feel me? Mm-hmm. But now, if we look at what, what the Bible is saying, I'm reading from the King James Version, um, G- Genesis 11, verse 6. <clears throat> oh, I lost it again. Why do I keep losing that? All right, yeah. 11, verse 6. And the Lord said, Behold, the people, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they began to do whatever and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined that's how the, that's how the king james puts it mm-hmm. nothing will be restrained from them which they imagine so we talking about the people who ha- who had a big imagination and they were very smart and they were very powerful in the things that they were doing mm-hmm. if they say i'm gonna build a tower up to heaven they are gonna Be do it and this is heaven. and this is where people have to stop thinking that the bible is a fairy tale story because you might think, how are we going to get to heaven? Like, it, it's, it sounds unbelievable, but it just goes to show you the intellect of the people during this time. Exactly. You feel me? Exactly. I mean, it's, it's, I, like a lot of people skip over that verse when they're telling the story in the, in the Tower of Babel. God says, anything they put their mind to, well, from this verse, anything they put their mind to, they will accomplish. Come, let me go down there and confuse their language. Let me put an end to this. God in his wisdom knew that I can't let this happen. Hmm. Like you say, he, they really gave me a technicality. I can't wipe the world out. I'm granted there were still followers of God in this time too. It wasn't as bad as right before the flood. You saw descendants of Shem who were still doing mm-hmm. okay for the most part. Mm-hmm. But in this plane of Shinar, Shinar, however you want to say it, pre-Babylon, they were going. They were. They were essentially getting back to those free, those pre-flood times, right there in that city. And God was like, "No, I can't do this. I, I, right? It's only not even been six hundred years yet, and y'all done start doing this foolishness again." <laughs> like when you think, I, guess, I mean, like people forget, like how close right after the flood this story is. Mm-hmm. This ain't that long after the flood. And God's like, "Okay, the world is getting so corrupt again. I have to put. I, I have to put an end to this." And He said, "You know what?" To slow down the spread of evil, here's what I'm going to do. Y'all clearly love communicating together so much. I am going to confuse your languages. And people like, some people ask actually, so why God did that? So now, Kaz, Kaz just printed a picture of how tall this tower was getting. There was no way the person at the top was able to communicate the person at the bottom. So they had... Go in between, it's like people having to, I have to tell Daniel what to tell Nakaz, what to tell Naomi, what to tell Izzy to bring to the top of the mountain, like to the top of the tower, to what to bring. So now, one thing you got to remember now, 
these are all going to be brand new languages. Mm. Wasn't no translation yet. Mm-mm. Wasn't none of that. So now I'm talking to Nakaz, telling him, oh, yeah, we need 100 more bricks for the east side. <laughs> Nakaz tell Daniel that in Spanish. He, <laughs> he tries to understand it's confused, tells Naomi that in Greek. She got it in Greek, tell Isabel that in French. Mm. Well, you know, Izzy might be able to understand that. But, mm. you know, just think, just imagine you don't. Mm. So now you're speaking like, you speak Portuguese or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something different. And so now that's why it was so confusing to people and they, they, got, they got frustrated. They, they couldn't communicate no more. And it's like, it's so interesting because... You can research now. We have over 7,000 languages, yada, 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 now in today's time. But if you do the research, you can break all of these 7,000 languages and dialects down to scientists say around 94 distinct languages that can't, that like, that, that, that you just can't like replicate based off another language. And now this brings me back to De- uh, Genesis chapter 10 where you see where God was starting to show the table of the nations. And he showed how each family was scattered throughout the earth based on their clan, their language, and their nation. And so, you, honestly, if you go, if scientists were to work a little bit harder and they believed in God too, they, they, they can trim that down to about 70 languages when you actually could trace the families that were mentioned in Genesis 10 and see how many languages there actually were that God actually confuddled and confused the people with. And so now it was like at this point where the children, not the children, well, I guess the children of Noah, because they all, that's all what they were at that point, mm-hmm. essentially. They had no choice but to scatter. But to scatter. <laughs> because now we can't understand each other. Mm-hmm. But now, but and it goes to something we're talking about pre, pre, pre-podcast. And so now you see how in history we have so many things that are common throughout the whole world that can't be explained if you don't believe in the Bible. Because hmm. scientists are still trying to figure out, okay, why do why did the ancient In- Incas, Aztecs, and Mayans have pyramids? But they built pyramids in Egypt. But we also could find some pyramids in ancient Mongolia and ancient China. You know why? Because they were all of their ancestors. That was the form of building that they knew. Mm-hmm. So now, when they scattered around the world, oh, you know, what we know what to do: build, build a, a pyramid, pyramid. <laughs> straight up. So it's just it's it's just it's just so interesting how the Bible. Like, if you believe in the Bible, you really can see how the world played out through history. It's like a lot of stuff just make a lot of sense, bro. Like, cause where did languages come from otherwise? And why were human beings the only creature that developed a language pattern to not be able to understand each other? Because dogs can understand each other no matter what. You can translate a dog from Africa to, to the Bahamas and the, the little pit bull going to understand the little pit bull. Hmm. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we got flamingos. In Inago in the Bahamas, you can bring a flamingo to a zoo here in what zoo we got here? One of the zoos here. So let's just say Florida Zoo. Florida Zoo. <laughs> yeah, Florida Zoo. Insert random Florida Zoo here, and that flamingo will fit in with the flock of flamingos here like it like it never left. Mm-hmm. Like it was always there because they can communicate with each other. So we are so much more intelligent than these birds, and scientists believe we evolved. Why were we the only species to evolve to not be able to understand each other? Oh, and the point I wanted to bring up before. 
if you were, if you go back in ancient history too, around this time, you literally can find the first documented writings because now, before, they didn't really have to write because we all could understand each other no matter what. And so now, you actually, this is when you start tracing back the ancient hieroglyphics. Mm-hmm. All the ancient texts was just pictures and stuff. They all started around this time when people couldn't understand each other no more. And so they say, you know what? So our stories don't be lost. We have to start documenting them whichever way we can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's wild, bro. <laughs> that is, man. Yeah. Because you, you're right. Because a lot of ancient to ancient Sumerian texts, um, a lot of those old texts that they that they're discovering started around that age, and it makes sense. You know, they started needing to document their stories. You know, so yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, before so we keep just just to get back into the flow. I just want to say, imagine how frustrating it is. I asked you for a monkey wrench. You bring me a saw. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and you weigh at the top. Of I, <laughs> like, what do I have to do with this song, bro? Like, <laughs> man, uh-huh. that's and and you know what's interesting? Okay, so this is gonna be something more towards our time. And so we can see an example of a scientist who did something similar today. So I don't know how much you guys are familiar with Nikola Tesla. Like we know there's Tesla, which is named after his last name, there's actually another electric company called Nikola, who's doing cars, who's named after his first name. But Nikola Tesla, he was, he's literally one of my favorite scientists just because of the amount of stuff he gave modern society. Like a lot of technology we have now today is because of him. But it's rumored that he created a death ray. Mm-hmm. But what he did after he created it, he, he tore up the plans and sent them to the different nations on the earth and said, if you guys ever want to reconstruct this, you have to work together. And that's allegedly why it hasn't really been reconstructed. The confusion of language really draws a barrier when it comes to collaboration. It's, it's, kind, it's harder for us in today's society to wrap our heads around that because you know, a lot of people can speak more than one language. Mm-hmm. And now we have documentation and translation. Okay, this means this in Mandarin, English, Spanish, French, Portuguese. We have translations for all these words now. Mm-hmm. But think about this. In this very instance, you're hearing your, your cousin speak a brand new language hmm. and you two cannot understand each other. Yep. And, and to you all, you speak in the same language. Like it don't even seem different. <laughs> and so just imagine how frustrating that is. Just imagine. I mean, honestly, even when like, even when I travel to a different country, I'm in your country and I'm like, I don't like how I can't understand you right now. But even, no, I mean, I talk I, about, I talk about even countries where you, where everybody's speaking English. Sometimes they're frustrated. I remember <laughs> when I first come to the U S I was asking this lady for some Jordan ones, and she could not understand what I was saying. <laughs> oh yeah, that is frustrating. I was man. like, what? I was like, I was like, yo, we're in a shoe store. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I have my index finger up. I'm saying one is one something. You feel me? And she, she kept saying, excuse me, what? And I'm just like, yo, can I can I get some Jordan? You got the Jordan ones? Excuse me, what? And I'm just like, come on, nah, it's not that bad, like, you yeah. know? Like, are we speaking the same language? And I was very frustrated, and I get very frustrated even to this day when I know I'm speaking the Queen's English, but somebody Someone can't understand. They me. can't understand me, you know? I can't dilute my accent anymore for you. I can't. It's already it's already to the to the point. Like, 
And to tie it, and also to tie that in to give you like a, a visible example is look at how we run companies and projects today. You know, when we go to work, we're put on teams to accomplish a goal. And when you think about trying to plan or build something on your own, um, it, it's very difficult to do. But once you get more people together, you're able to accomplish more and more like if you were trying to build a car or something. One person trying to build a car with all the different parts that's needed, that's an almost... It, it might take a whole lifetime. I got to get the rubber. I got to do this, the engine. I got to build the body. I got to build the frame. We all come together to build these um, machines and everything that we have today. Now, imagine if a whole city was focused on one project. Mm -hmm. You know, like, imagine how many different things you could break up and have, like, hey, sec the East Sector 23 over here, y'all focus on just the engine. You know, South Section 25 over here, y'all focus on this one tire. And, you know, you're building the best thing and everybody constantly coming together to work on something. You're going to make something magnificent. I mean, look, today, uh, we, we are building space shuttles. You know, that takes a whole team of people working on so many different things to be able to launch a vehicle into space. Hmm. These are different accomplishments that we do today. And how many people working on that project around the world? Uh, thousands, possibly. Hmm. More than that. And, and these are the things that we're able to do. And... It doesn't even come close to the mind and the capacity that they were using back then. So it just lets you use imagination to, wow, what could they have achieved? You know what they could have achieved? Anything that put they put that mind. <laughs> you know what? That's right. what God said. God said <laughs> they could have achieved. So. Anything they imagine, mm -hmm. they they could have achieved. Yeah, Seriously, man. like imagine this though. And we on a super tangent. We gotta we gotta line this plane too. We on a super tangent now. Imagine this, right? Remember as a kid when you just used to draw all type of stuff, like you might draw planes <laughs> and all type of crazy stuff. Everything you imagine, you could make. You draw a dinosaur, you could make. Like literally anything you could imagine. You know what I mean? It's like I won't continue this tangent, but I can line it, but I can still continue at the same time. <laughs> so, okay, so, okay, so you're going to bring it back just in the biblical aspect. God, well, Jesus, who is God? So I don't even know if I correct myself, but Jesus told the disciples, all the things you see me did, do, do hunt, done when I was here on earth, you can do it, but you even can do even more. Greater, yeah. Greater. So that even goes, and we knew Jesus was healing the sick, healing the blind, Feeding 5,000 from, you know, some fish and some bread. So just think of all of that. And God said, by the power that worketh, well, in us through the Holy Spirit, we can, we can do even more things than he, than he did. So it even shows that at, this, at the very beginning of the human, human race, when God created Adam and Eve, God knew the potential that he placed inside his creation. And that was the, other, that was the first time, going back to Daniel's point, tying everything back together, when God said, let us make man in our own image. And we know the Father, the Son, through the, through the Word, the words that were spoken in creation, and the Holy Ghost were all present at creation. And so from that very point, God knew the potential that he put in these created creatures who he made in his image to be higher than everything on the earth. Remember, our original purpose was to be the, the kings of the earth, to have, have dominion, dominion over, over the, the earth. earth. And so now we see, even the sense of, sense of my creation, going back, going, going through, we see how sin entered into the earth, corrupted the earth world. God said, hit the reset button after the, after the flood. 
iniquity was still found in these in his creation's heart again. And you even could see how it pained God because even he even had to come to that realization. And it wasn't even the realization that God didn't know, but he said, okay, I had to destroy them. That hurt me a lot. And now I have to admit that they, 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 my children are corrupted and evil. And now to see again, not, not long after the flood, they decided to build a city. God said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. Fill the earth. Simple instructions. They said, you know what? We're going to build a city. We're going to lean to our own understanding. We're going to find security in our own city. We are going to create our own laws. We're going to disregard God. And it shows when humans seize authority from God and define what good and evil is for themselves, just like how Adam and Eve ate from the tree of knowledge and good and evil. When we start to have a, when we try, when we start making our own rules and saying what is good and what is bad, it results in a world of tragedy and death. Like the men of Babel determined to establish this government from God. They determined to turn their backs on God. And God said, you know what? I'm sorry, guys. I can't let this happen. I knew what I placed in your minds and your hearts and the abilities I gave you guys since I created you guys. The Bible said God knew us before we knew ourselves. God said, you know what? Let's come down and confuse their languages. I gave them a mandate to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. I wanted them to carry my will and my love towards where they were going to still talk about my goodness. But I'm going to have to sacrifice that part of it. I'm still, they still have to go and populate the earth, but now they have to go with in some of them with their evil hearts. And we see even in rumors where God said, you know what, he, gave, he gives them over to the deprived hearts because the world is filled with evil. Every slanderers, worshippers of idols and stuff, God gave them over to the deprived hearts. But we, we know the story is still setting up where God is still going to send a Messiah to save us from our sins. So even though we find all of this heartache and misery, we see how in each story, God still has a chosen person, like a symbol of hope in the darkness. 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 The Lord told Noah and his descendants to multiply and replenish the earth. But instead of following these instructions, the citizens of Babel sought to build a tower that would take them to heaven. These plans displeased God and he confounded their languages and dispersed them throughout the land. Soon thereafter, we discovered Abram, a man of blind faith, who went on to be the father of many nations. But we'll get into his story on the next episode of A Breath of, of, a fresh, breath air. of fresh Air. Tonight's episode included voice acting by Isabel LeBay, Naomi Bellamy, our special guest, Daniel Bellamy, and your host, Earl Roberts, and the car's gay. Remember to go ahead and research on your own in order to get a more firm understanding of tonight's episode. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can follow us on social media at A Breath of Fresh Air Pod on Instagram and B O F A P O D on Twitter. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next week.